welcome to St. Louis City Press, an international friendly. We've got a lot to talk about today. Rivalries, salaries, Kansas City. Joining me, Nathan Halley. It is Sheffield Thursday today, boys. <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll get into it. Chris Hoff, our man from Hanoi. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Patrick Stark. Good day. Andrew Wolfson. Howdy, buddy. It was not the same without you guys. The the three-man pod, a little easier to edit, but not the same. I, th- I thought it was better, but... No. No. That's kind. It was smooth. Easy listening. Uh, unfortunately, not easy listening about a win. It was about yet another loss to our rival. Let's uh, Let's talk about rivals. Is Chicago our rival? Is Kansas City our rival? Do we even have a rival? Drew. Well, give us your feelings before I get on the soapbox. Does anyone else want to say something? Because I don't I certainly don't represent anyone other than myself. So people might feel feel differently. I think there is a certain amount of innate rivalry inherent with any game in any sport against Chicago. Yes. So while it will, it won't be the same as Cards, Cubs and Blues, Blackhawks because of the divisional differences and the lack of exposure to each other, there's going to be something there. Whether or not the players feel that exactly the same way, I don't expect them to, but there's there's something. It's drawing from the same fan bases, so those same feelings of, you know, I've grown up hating the Blackhawks and the Cubs since I was three years old, so it's pretty easy to naturally transition that over to hating another Chicago club. I am ambivalent about Kansas City. Interesting. Well, I guess I did not appreciate that not being a, you know, born and bred St. Louis. And I'm not against there being a rivalry, but I, I feel it has to develop and it has to come from the fans, not be constructed from the top down. And it felt very forced. The car, you know, obviously the Cubs and Cardinals dates back from the century before last. So I was going to ask you guys if you thought every city's teams should all be rivals of each other or should they develop their own identities events that happened in involving these two games against chicago something came from the club the club's own twitter account which i will point out is second in the google search results uh, after the chicago's own fire department it'd be third third after the historic tragedy if you just google chicago fire without the term twitter you get the fire itself and then you also get <laughs> the television show Um, But anyway, the club's Twitter account published a image of the St. Louis City SC's Wikipedia page, which I'm hopeful and I assume was changed back. But someone had changed the owner to Chicago Fire. And then there was another snarky tweet about how we should go back down I-55 and with no wins out of two. It just seemed unnecessary. It seemed like they were trying to make up a rivalry. These were the first two games we've ever played against them. They've been around since 1998. We are a expansion team playing our first season in a different conference. We're not going to play them for the rest of the year. I'm I'm perfectly happy for a rivalry to develop. Uh, I didn't know that if one was necessary against Chicago, but it sounds like you know that would probably be a, a good thing, even desirable thing. But I don't. I kind of was a, a little upset about the manner in, in which they're they were trying to do this. But can you really fault the MLS for trying? I mean, it's a way to get fans more invested. 
it starts artificial, but then it can become real down the line. Uh, playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but and and derbies, as we've talked about in like English soccer, are are pretty huge and big deals, and people really care about them. So I don't mind the rivalry thing. I think it feels like with Kansas City, so the upcoming game, it's trying to be forced a little bit by the Kansas City side, which maybe is like a weird inferiority complex, like Kansas City to St. Louis, kind of like St. Louis to Chicago. That there's this transitional property. Yeah. But then we went and did something that I can't decide whether it's like goofy or petty where we put all these um, billboards on I-70 coming from Kansas City talking about like how, oh, St. Louis is the real home of soccer. I don't really have time for this nonsense. Like this is kind of like how we still get really excited about the 1904 World's Fair and it's 2023. Like let's develop some modern things that we can be proud of here in st louis which i think exist so old sponsor missouri history museum i'm assuming they'll be leaving our sponsorship ranks for me talking about how i think it's a little cheesy and goofy what they're doing but if you go to the history museum and you actually experience the current exhibit history of soccer in st louis it's present day as well yeah no that historically that's great and i i hate to basically lambaste the city app But they have also, like the Chicago Twitter account, they have published their own snark this entire week where we've got the three fan poll questions, all of which are multiple choice St. Louis or Kansas City, stating factual things about St. Louis in the form of a question and inviting you to guess St. Louis as the answer to the poll. I mean, what is a poor social media manager to do, Drew, if not play into this it's weird that i mean maybe i'm i should just get real but it just seems odd that we have you know people making these weird jokes on social media i don't know is that what it's for is it for i mean i guess it's for trolling other people but i blame wendy's not a sponsor <laughs> you think they started this with all their twitter trolling stuff yes yeah I, honestly like i sort of don't have time for all this can we just like it's Let's focus on the sports. I agree. That's what's fun. I agree. Well, sorry, last last thing. I mean, the Kansas City one, at least we're going to play them three times. But also, they've they've been around since 1995. So what were they doing previous to our expansion team? Winning two titles? Yeah, I don't know. I just hope they don't. I just hope they don't name it after a highway. Call it the I-70 or something. All that just seems very forced and not genuine to me. I mean... If it's the I-70 rivalry, then then I guess they can't make an ex- expansion team in Baltimore, or Pittsburgh, or Indianapolis, or Denver. Can we come up with a Can we come up with a name for it? The El Shomio. You never say that again. <laughs> we'll workshop it. All right. Oh yeah, and by the way, with Kansas City, you know, I'm fine being rivals with Kansas City, but I feel like in general, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because of your knowledge of St. Louis's context and you know the history, but we need to kind of be allied with Kansas City against the whole rest of the state of Missouri. Drew, we'll teach you. We'll teach you off pod. You got to learn how to be a St. Louisan. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's be talk hard, about <laughs> MLS salaries. the The numbers were released this week. St. Louis City coming in second from last in terms of spend. Not surprising in any way coming in top in terms of points and goals per dollar spent i think which which you know how many more dollars could we have if we didn't put up billboards on i-70 you gotta you gotta stop drew you gotta (laughs) you gotta let it go 
<laughs> I'm trying not to be upset about it because we're a new team. So I think it's probably natural that we won't have huge wage bill, but it is concerning. You know, we're talking about lack of depth and things of that nature. And then it comes out that, well, and then there was this, the weird, you know, social media stuff about, well, we're not going to get a third DP. And then this comes out that we have the second lowest salary in the league. I had heard rumors and I don't know where I heard them. Probably Twitter before the season even started that ownership was being, uh, will be generous and say frugal with the with the salaries this year so then this comes out and you're like well yeah that that tracks so i don't know new team so benefit the doubt maybe let's see what happens in the transfer window and next season but chris i concerning so what are your thoughts well it uh on the one hand obviously the ownership have laid out a lot of money and it's a lump sum thing and Yet, you don't want this to set a trend for the, you know, the lifetime of the organization. I mean, I, if you're going to lay out this small amount of money year after year after year, that's going to aggregate into bottom of the table performances over time. I think right now we're playing with an emotional edge. Maybe we've lost that as an expansion team already after our recent run of form, but the competitiveness you get from DPs from spending money in this league. Look at the teams at the top of this list. They're the teams that have won uh, a lot in recent years. So Toronto. Toronto is a very successful franchise and they've taken two big swings on two Italian internationals who have not yet come good. Yeah. And by the way, we played Chicago and Jordan Shakiri's salary is $8 million a year. And I believe, did did it, did the report say what individual people are making? Because I believe Leuven and Berkey are somewhere between 1 and 1.5 million a year. I could be wrong about that. I think it's like 1.4 to 1.6. Oh, so we're definitely operating on a, on a substantially lower level than the rest. But hopefully that doesn't, that's not the same year after year after year. I mean, they, they had a lot of overhead. This team has been around. They've been paying salaries since, what, 2019 or 2020, and they built a whole new stadium without soaking the taxpayers, which is nice. So, If no money is spent in the next transfer window, it will, when you've had several months to look at your roster deficiencies uh, and no gaps are filled and money's not spent to fill those gaps, then that will be an issue for me personally as a fan, I think, but we're not there yet. It's, it's even worse. I mean, I don't, I don't know the math. What is it like a 10th, a 10th of our wage bill is going to Nilsson who has not yet seen a minute of play. Is that worse? I mean, right now, right? Like look at the wage bill of people we're fielding versus other teams. That's going to be an even more dramatic difference. I think also one thing that is the goal of this team is to develop talent as well. So I would say going forward, we'll probably intend to have one of the lower wage bills uh, because I think ultimately we're trying to develop players and probably end up selling them to some extent as well. I think you're right. And that, but that's not a recipe to build like a super passionate and excited fan base. Like, Oh, we're going to develop people and sell them off. I know that's kind of the MLS, but I think you have to balance it by, bringing in some exciting players and and big names and saying we're still going for it. 
I don't want to be like, you know, insert Moneyball reference here. Uh, Southampton comes to mind as a team that brings players through stages of development and sends them sells them on for money and they're getting relegated this year so well there there is an interesting analogy to international soccer you look at a league like the premier league that on an absolute amount much bigger salaries much bigger salary differences and you just have teams that absolutely dominate as a result of their ability to spend the mls you know to some degree does not have as much of that which i think you know, leads to a more competitive league, which I think we like. That sounds like communism. But the effort, like the motivation to field a competitive team and stay in the Premier League to continue looking at at that league uh, is very high because you lose so much cash going down. Uh, you're, you're given a, a golden parachute, uh, but it's doesn't the money doesn't last and it's just so much more profitable to be in the premier league so without that threat of relegation in mls it seems like some teams can just sort of you know eat by at the bottom of the table make the playoffs you know some years maybe not other years and so there is a problem with competitiveness uh and as in some of the even some of the legacy teams in the league uh they they don't compete year after year. Maybe they make a good run one time or they win a cup, you know, every decade or something, but it's not, there's no consistent threat of relegation to motivate teams to field quality and be competitive. I think that's kind of, that is an American sports landscape sort of thing. You'll see that in other leagues like major league baseball and NFL Yeah, teams will, will tank for a while, or, you know, there will be teams that are bad for incredibly long periods of time but because there's revenue sharing and things, they mm-hmm. know that they're guaranteed to, you know, ownership is going to bring home a ton of money no matter what. Dang, maybe I've been so anti-relegation for the MLS, and now I'm thinking Chris is tricking me into it. That was my secret goal all along. Well, you've worked. I'm finding out there's a team from Montreal here. They're the only ones spending less money than we are. Um, you know, maybe these two things correlate. It's probably just the Canadian dollars to U.S. dollars exchange rate probably missing those numbers. Oh, so. there, there you go. Well, but Toronto, absolutely top of the list. So, Were you surprised that there was a team in Toronto? No, no, I knew that one. But. I am actually on the record of thinking that the Canadian team should be kicked out of the MLS. They're on my, my here's how we get the MLS down to 20 teams. Instead, they're going the other way to 30 teams, which I think is ridiculous. San Diego. San Diego is getting a team. I bet they'll be our rival. Are we happy that we got an expansion team? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I would get rid of... They could have just not created us. No, we need a team, but like New York and LA, they only need one team each, and you get rid of the Canadian teams, you're already down five, then you just need to get rid of five more. Colorado goes away because I hate Stan Kroenke, so now we only need to get rid of four more. Um, and then, you know, it's up for debate. I think I got rid of Houston because I don't like the concept of Houston. You know, you just keep working and you'll get down to 20. I'm comfortable saying we should get rid of Chicago at this point. Could be. You probably only need one Missouri team, if we're honest. Well, I thought we were... I'm so done with this conversation, but the <laughs> Kansas City team is in Kansas. They are. Oh, right. I've seen you their stadium. You know that because we've seen their stadium when we were yes. in Kansas. Okay, fair enough. Then they can stay. Because what else does Kansas have? I forget. <laughs> I think I did figure out how to get it down to 20. 
Yeah, Vancouver automatically goes away because they're lovely city. Vancouver, New England, not even a city. What is that? I just come on, people. All right, Kansas City on this list is spending fifty percent more than we do on their salary bill. Um, they didn't have much to show for it until a couple games ago, and now they have just had a hell of a run. Did you see a player on LAFC said that they were the best team they've played so far this year? That's a pretty impressive result, getting a 1-1 draw away at LAFC, the best team in the league. Hopefully, though, they've played a lot, like five games in the last two weeks. Our game will be the fifth game, so hopefully they're yeah, exhausted. They didn't, we, didn't ha- we didn't have a game No, Wednesday, yesterday, where... Seemingly, everyone else did. Everyone else in the league did. But so I watched, uh, I think, almost all of that LAFC Sporting Kansas City. I watched it with Helen. She called out how much better their passing was than what we usually see at City Games. And she forced me to then go up and look up the statistics. And yeah, those two teams, just significantly higher passing accuracy than we see in St. Louis City. Real Salt Lake would also go. They have... Their three DPs are healthy now, which they hadn't been for almost the whole season. I don't know that that's you know the whole explanation why they're hot right now. Um, and they had lost, I believe they lost their first seven games. I think this is the the last stretch here is the first time that all three of their DPs have actually been on the field this season. So, yeah, and that, but you know that I guess we're holding on to the fact that we're at home and maybe we're gonna get. Either Klaus or Alm are both off the bench. Not and Alm. That they, Alm has been ruled they out. Played, oh, he has. Okay, and then they played. They're playing. They're coming off three days of rest, and we had a week. So, and I mean, Hopefully Klaus, we we went to practice Tuesday. We can talk some about that event, although maybe we shouldn't. Uh, but Klaus was in street clothes on Tuesday. I, I'm not seeing him getting remarkably similar to exercise clothes, but not moving. You know, not running out on. He signed a lot of. A lot of stuff, but and that's really what Tuesday was all about: signing stuff for small children. And it seems like that was a success. We'll call that portion of that event a success. Then. Oh wait, so I wasn't there. Oh, Nate, Nate, Nate stayed a little bit longer, presumably. Uh, how was Family Feud for the St. Louis City players? Saying it was god awful would be giving it too much credit. It it was just terrible. It they didn't. Um, it was like it was put together by someone who had never seen Family Feud. Um, <laughs> the lady who hosted it actually posted on Twitter today that she will never do it again and just stick to soccer um, stuff. <laughs> the, they would ask questions like, who is the fastest St. Louis City player? Which that's not like a Family Feud question or name three animals at the zoo. It would be like, well, name three the three most popular animals at the zoo or something. But they just said name three animals, which Leuven was unable to name any animals at the zoo, so he just passed. Oh. No, it was t- that one. I don't get. <laughs> like, you don't need to know anything about the St. Louis it was, Zoo. He, there are zoos in Germany. At, at it, I did learn though. So they asked. Um, they had a lightning round, and they asked for most famous St. Louisans. Uh, players really struggled with this one. I think you know. John Hamm would have been a good one. But I did learn there's a fellow named, maybe everyone else knows that this guy, Metro Boomin. Yeah. You guys know Metro Boomin? Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's from no. St. Louis. He no, played I, at I do the, not. Yeah. He played at the the party before the opening home opener. Hmm. You've heard him. You just don't know it. But so like a musician. Yes. Because, okay, we got, we got a famous rapper. 
you know? <laughs> right. You could have said uh, Chingy. Sure. Sure. Jaquan. Jaquan, yeah. That was my uh, I mean, yeah, these guys would be higher on the list than whatever you said. Not currently. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm old. City spud. And meanwhile, like at the event, Steve Ewing was was there just like raising his hand like me, me, me. <laughs> Jumping so, up and down. So that part Jumping was right bad. In. Um, I <laughs> nice also one, fell asleep at the event. So so it was really good. Um, great way to spend four hours of my birthday. They should have been explaining like what was going on on the field. They, they were running practice drills. We're like, yeah. I have you no couldn't idea even what tell they what doing. they were doing. Like they had yeah. three sets of teams playing at the same time. There were there were strange rules. The only good thing was all the concessions were open and you could walk right up. Um, there we did see who is it? Johnny Klein is that a player? Yeah. <clears throat> also, so, you know. Alms kids are adorable. His, highlight his little, of the highlight of the performance. Alms his kids is. and Nilsson's kids were out there playing together. A little Swedish Swedish group of players. They were they were pretty cute. I'm actually surprised. Maybe we'll talk about some soccer. Probably not. Um, Alm was not in street clothes. He was in like uniform, but didn't practice and read today. He is, he is out this weekend. The three that are completely unavailable are Alm, Nilsson, not Harry Nilsson, just regular Nilsson and Nelson. Nelson, not the eighties band. We won't do that again. Also, sorry. Klaus is questionable. If we do do it, we're not going to tell anyone in advance. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. And Nelson being out, not because of injury, but because of red card right. suspension. Yes, correct. It, which reminds me, is is Stroud still on four, or has he played enough games without to be no, back down? No, he has not. Do we know? I think he's played two okay. without now. Maybe two and 50 minutes. Do we have anyone else sitting on four? That's, we're not really the pod that people come to for that. You can't All just right. ask well. questions like that. <laughs> Um, you yeah, I apologize about that. At least two or three days in advance, if you want to know <laughs> how many yellow cards someone. Has. So I'm I'm I am worried about Kansas City. They've been playing well, and we have. I think we can all agree we've been playing the opposite of that. So I'm I'm worried. Maybe I don't think Klaus will be starting. Save it for predictions later, but I'm not expecting a high scoring event, especially without Alm. Nico did score a goal on Tuesday. Have they have they been playing well? No, we've. Been, I said the opposite of well. Kansas City, Kansas City. Oh. though, have they oh, been they've playing been, well? They've been playing yeah. incredibly well. They they look really good. They have the results to back it up. I I, I don't think there's any argument. They've been playing incredibly. No, but the XG guys, the XG <laughs> does not tell the same story. Right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What do you got? Is this from sponsor FBref.com? Not a sponsor. Nope. Also, they oh they didn't have Kansas City stats, right? Yes, and I have a theory as to why. I my theory was that the stats were so bad that Kansas City filed an injunction against them. Litigious bunch. Our good people at fbref.com would not succumb to that sort of nonsense. Okay, tell us the XG story for Kansas City. Well, they've they've only got two goals or sorry two games all season where they've been expected to score a full goal or more. And none of those have come in recent games, I think. Let me look one more time. So what are the stats on the Seattle game? Uh, 0.8 XG. 
Is XG just a terrible stat? We spend so much time talking about it, and it's just... I know, yes. I love I love talking about XG with you guys, and it, I am no closer to understanding it. They, they won 2-1, and we're expected to score 0.8 of a goal. But it's game. not clear that a team consistently outperforming their... Like, a team consistently outperforming their XG is meaningful and does mean something about that team and the quality of the players on that team. Or maybe how lucky they are. Sure. I'm pretty sure they were significantly underperforming their xg for the first 10 games of the season it's a regression to the mean then that's not even that's not even really true that's not even really true uh in the portland game they had were very unlucky this to start the season uh and then after that uh i guess you might say a couple more games they got sort of unlucky but their actual goals compared to their xg is only about one goal off over the course of the season. I think they're at like nine expected, nine goals scored and like roughly 10 and a half goals expected. So that's really not that terrible of a variation. Have we started coming back to the mean where we were like way over our, like scored way over our XG? You're going to yes. need to give me another three days to figure that out. Okay, we can talk about that but, next but week. But the thing is like those results happened. It's in the book. Maybe they were lucky. Whatever, but we got the points. That's what matters. Well, Kansas City in the past few games has gotten their results, XG or not. Uh, they're on a, a better run than we are. Can't deny that. That's true. I'm a big fan of advanced statistics and analyzing sports. So while, while yes, it doesn't maybe tell you things, it can be part of a picture that paints, you know, an ability to analyze and, and predict the, the future. And I think... The fact that we were way over our XG and can, you know, maybe explain some things like we were getting lucky or the other teams were were messing up and that's not happening as much anymore. Um, but also we had Klaus and we don't. Sure. We haven't yeah. had him for the last few games. I feel like we have pinned too many hopes on Klaus. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that for sure. We I have. Agree. Because yeah. I was All like, right. oh, before he was gone, he also like I was also kind of down on him. So for weeks, yeah. is there multiple, any other like, choice? Three though? or four weeks, we were basically saying, "Well, like Klaus wasn't really much of a factor that game." And I don't know, we've we've retconned and said that, "Oh, but he was taking defenders off of other players." But I mean, he didn't score in the Cincinnati game, but we won five to one against the best team in the in the in the league at the time. I am on the record as making sure to point out that I am wrong about everything. So I mean, we will surely be a better team with Klaus on the field, but we may have pinned our hopes too high on that return. We definitely we definitely did, but what other choice do we I have? I think we've seen how bad Nico is without him. And that's sort of been like, okay, well, maybe he was doing more than just scoring goals. He was an engine to drive our attack. I feel like this is where Chris jumps in. Yeah. The, the combination of, of his ability to hold the ball up and also work in the tight spaces really did lend itself to that partnership with Nico because Nico always checks short. I mean, he's, I don't know if it's just that he's not like his top speed is not very high, but it always seems like he's got like three steps in him and then he stops. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of speculative runs. He always checks to the ball and that works when Klaus is there. Uh, but I mean, it's obviously not worked without Klaus. 
he makes a fair amount of speculative dives. Speculative dives, yes. That take him away from being uh, able to play. Can I, I drop I understand. some stats on you here? Absolutely. Uh, we are dead last in passes completed, which I think Patrick referenced. Maybe that explains why Helen got that impression that Kansas City yes. completed more passes. I will say stylistically, passing is not a point of emphasis. We want to make as few passes as possible. I don't know that that's true. Yes, it's mostly true because we don't want to possess the ball as few as possible. And we want to be as direct. Yes. Anytime we're not direct, we don't know what to do. And that's what's been happening the last few games. So in general, we actually want to be on the low end of passes. But so can you guys educate me here? Uh, Manchester City was described as playing a high press, a high pressing style. Yeah. It's an obvious unfair comparison, but they were making a lot of passes. Well, beyond just the the sheer unimaginable gulf in talent between those two teams, uh, between Man City and St. Louis, uh, and the fact that the complexities of, of Pep's tactics uh, can't be understood by you know any other mortal human. Uh, it, Literally, yeah. it's just it's it's not the same style. Uh, one is about control, and one is about, f- frankly, chaos. I think we're in the business of creating chaos, and he's Erling Holland, notwithstanding, in the business of trying to exert as much control over any given football game as humanly possible. Thinking about those two teams together is like contemplating man's place in the cosmos. <laughs> is it fair to say though that a little bit more passing accuracy would help us out i mean yeah you want to complete the passes you try to make um but patrick's absolutely right this style um the the red bull style the school in which uh coach carnell uh was trained is not built around connecting a lot of passes which is going to be interesting because i think uh, a lot of Kansas City's style of play is built around connecting passes. Well, that's good because the way teams have been beating us kind of is by forcing us to not play that style. We're not built. I think that so, yeah, we're last in the league in passes. So when teams are forcing us to take control of the game, that's bad. We're way better when we just steal the ball from their defenders and score with 18% possession. And I have some statistics uh, that might come as good news in then in, if we're going to have that sort of faith. Uh, can I drop them on you guys? Yes, please. You know we love a statistic. Okay. Hit us. Bring it. Uh, they Kansas City lead the league in progressive carries, which are basically dribbles that are attempt that advance the ball more than ten yards forward. Uh, so they like to carry the ball. They like to dribble upfield. Um, they're fifth in progressive passes. So they sometimes, not always, uh, they also try to pass the ball upfield. So they are um, creating th- these opportunities for us to get our tackles in, which uh, we do love to tackle. Uh, as Car- uh, Patrick, uh, can you maybe cut in here and, and explain what Bradley Cardinal said in the press conference after the Chicago game about the tackles attempted and the tackles won versus the percentage of tackles won sort of thing? Yes. Our general playing style is to tackle every pass 
try to initiate a tackle as much as possible, knowing that you're not going to win them all. So even if it's a long shot. To a point, but he also wants us to tackle with numbers. So anytime we see a pass where we can isolate someone two on one, three on two, and get numbers to surround a pass or a a back pass, a side pass, forcing people to the end lines or to the sidelines, those are the ones we want to really push and apply the pressure to. So the goal is to initiate more uh, more tackles, high number of tackles, and when we win them, they're more encouraging and beneficial to the team because of their location, ideally. Dangerous for counterattacks. Yes. Ideally. Does that Thanks. sound Yeah. Does that, that sound sounds, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Which I, which I thought was just a really good outlook on it. We try really hard to tackle, and we set our team up to get as many uh, balls off of other teams in their half of the pitch. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't come off, but at a league uh, leading, well, league leading numbers in tackles attempted and tackles won, uh, but the percentage of success is, is lower than many other teams who don't try as hard. You yeah. accept that because you're getting, right, you're getting... No high numbers overall. I was very taken with with his explanation of that. That made me contemplative and happy for a long time. Well, hopefully we're able to tackle the ball away from Sporting Kansas City while they attempt to run it or pass it through the midfield. That would be great. I wish they would have stuck with the the Wizards. The Wizards? Is that their name? Kansas City Wizards? I was. Yeah. Why'd they change it? That when MLS went through this whole rebranding thing to be less goofy, like when they got rid of the run-up kicks, penalty kicks and stuff, they're trying to be more European. You can, yeah. you know, Was that the same time when the Dallas burn became FC Dallas? Yeah. I, I do believe they came into existence as the Kansas City Wiz and then changed it to Wizards, like lengthened it to Wizards, just... They they should have done that because The Wiz is a musical and a record store from the 1990s. But so they've been getting like progressively worse names over time. What, what do we see? What's their name 10 years from now? Real Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> Inter Real Sporting. St. Louis West. <laughs> there are lots of rumors now, by the way, that... Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are going to look to move to Kansas City. That could increase the the St. Louis Kansas City rivalry. I think have soccer, baseball, and hockey. Sorry, the Arizona Coyotes. I'm talking about hockey. Phoenix, Phoenix. Thank oh, you. Phoenix. Right. Yes, Phoenix. Okay. Um, and Drew is right. Following the 1996 season, the Wiz changed names, becoming the Wizards. Following legal action from electronics retailer, the Wiz. <laughs> Which is ironic given, given what has happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> Nobody beats The Wiz. Oh, guys, I would like to point out that The Wiz, the 1978 musical uh, about The Wizard of Oz, starring Michael Jackson as the Scarecrow and Diana Ross as Dorothy, and Nipsey Russell as the Tin Man. Yeah, that thing's a jam. Drew, on the field, 
Kansas City. Who are there? Those DPs that you alluded to that are all back uh, and healthy now. There's Alan Polito, who's a striker. There's Johnny Russell, who is a 33-year-old Scottish winger. And Gadi Kinda, who I have signed for my FIFA team because I like the fact that he is an Ethiopian Jew from Israel. And he's, he's very good at, at playing midfield. Gentlemen, anything else before we get into score predictions? Chris, what do you got? Okay. Uh, I also really like Gadi Kinda. Uh, as a, a player, uh, and I think he's probably uh, going to at some point break out and score a bunch of goals in MLS. He's been injured off and on uh, over the last year and a half or so. I think he had a ligament issue uh, and has missed most of this season. But uh, as was mentioned, with all of their DPs back on the pitch, SKC have looked better and, and gotten better results. Kinda in particular, uh, his MLS goal contributions per 90 minutes is 0.64, which is pretty good. So I would uh, look for us to attempt to control him. He's been coming off the bench or uh, alternating starts. So uh, I think he's in some sort of rehab program uh, from his knee injury. So we might not see him to start, but someone who is the definition of a danger man. Uh, Also, uh, Danielle Saloy, I think I might have mispronounced his name. He's a, he's their left winger and he's, uh, a 26 year old Hungarian international and he's been playing for SKC for many years now, I think seven plus. Um, but the interesting thing about him is he's also very dangerous and he leads them in those progressive carries. So he's a dribbler up the left wing who, uh, likes to, to get around the corner and, uh, He's been dangerous and contributing uh, to the the scoreline uh, in recent fixtures and somebody to watch out for. But the thing about him is that he's basically another DP for them, uh, but he's homegrown technically, uh, which brings us back to the beginning of our podcast conversation about how uh, you develop players and Either you sell them on for for cash straight up or they really help you fill out your roster and save you a lot of money, uh, which I think is, uh, as uh, we mentioned, the the long-term goal of St. Louis. But it's not a short-term goal. This guy has been around with them for for years, as I said, and just now is really you know coming into his own uh, the last season and a half, two seasons, to make that long journey uh, of development worthwhile financially. But now they're basically playing with four DPs. I I think we should also maybe before we, we put this one in the can talk about what we hope for in terms of the St. Louis lineup, because there are still a lot of questions there. Yeah. I was going to ask, we didn't talk about the St. Louis lineup. Um, Does anyone Okay, we've seen a few games here. Does anyone expect anything surprising? Can we bench Nico? That would be surprising. I think by now, he's had a few games playing by himself a little isolated up front. We've all, I'm sure everyone is frustrated with his performance. I'm sure he's frustrated. They have to do something different. I don't know if that's benching him or finding some other way of getting him the ball. Anything else anyone's interested in? I, I, 
I don't I, I think it's so you'll have Parker back. Nelson will be out. I'd like to see Ostrock in there. I'd like to see Blom start. Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess it's going to be Nico up front again because there's no one else who's a striker. Like, again and again and again. Don't get me started on a dinner and three goals. Ugh. We, we don't have anyone else. It's going to look probably pretty similar to what the lineup was last week, just swapping out where people couldn't play for suspension reasons. I don't know. I'd love to see a 4-3-3 where you got... Gary, Indiana, Leuven, Blom across the middle, and you got Ostrock, Stroud, and Celio up front. That's probably a terrible lineup. I'm not a football manager, no, but I want to I, see I it. Like the, I like That's the lineup, and I awesome. think that midfield should be called Orion's Belt. All right. I mean, it's not terrible. Maybe maybe like a 4-1-2-2-1. Four, four, one, two, two, one. Excuse me? <laughs> So that would be, four, be check, really check good. The math, check the math on that. Four, you're back four, then Blom. Right. right. And then he wanted Leuven Le- and Indy. Indy, yeah. So defensive midfielder, two midfielders. Uh-huh. And then three. Four, two. Four, four one, one, two. Two, two one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I said four I three three. I, I mean, you know, you're you're getting into technicalities here. Yeah, I just don't want three across the front. I I don't think that's a good look. Drop them back. You still got to have your target man. That's gonna be Nico, and we're gonna lose one nothing. But without like a three man front line, we're not really in pressing position. That's the issue. You got to well, that's have true. Advanced wingers if you're gonna press. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyone else want to speculate about lineup? I think they're gonna go Blum. Parker, Hebert, back three. They're going to throw Miggy in. The rest of the lineup's the same. That's nonsense. Um, Anyone else? (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully we see something exciting out of St. Louis City this weekend. Speaking of something exciting, let's get 90 seconds. Let's get a minute and a half Wednesday minute. Patrick, count us down. Go. Guys, like... St. Louis City can lose 10 nothing this weekend. I don't give a shit. So uh, the way the playoffs work uh, for League 2, League 1, is uh, first round is a home and away, and then there's a one game at Wembley for the third place. They get promoted to the championship. Sheffield Wednesday shouldn't even be in this position. They should have locked down a top two, but they screwed up, and now they're in the playoffs. And then they lost their first um, match 4 nothing. Uh and to Peterborough. And that was that was it. It was over. No one like you're not going to come back from that. And their season was over. Uh, the second game, the home game at Hillsborough and Sheffield was uh, tonight. God damn it, guys. They won five to one and, and took it to penalties and won on penalties. But it was crazier than that. So it was three nothing in the 98th minute. They scored to make it four nothing to send it to um, extra time. Thank God they got rid of the away goal being a decider. That used to be a thing. Not anymore. So went to extra time. Um, gave up an own goal. So it was like, oh, well, there there it goes again. Nope. Nope. Scored again. 5-1. One in penalties. They go through to Wembley. They will, um, they will play to get promoted. They're still in it. Couldn't be happier. Three, 
two. You love to see it. One. Congratulations, Owls. I mean, yeah. No, you, I I commented off pod if you had written that storyline, you wouldn't believe it in in the Ted Lasso show. It'd be you know overly dramatic. Yeah, I've been watching clips pretty much nonstop while I haven't been talking here on this pod. The the equalizing goal, their fourth goal, came in the ninety eighth minute of a game with six minutes of stoppage time. Did I yeah, read that well, correctly? The other, the other team was um, was screwing around and doing stuff like holding the ball, and the ref punished them for it, which you love to see. I I, I mean that alone just makes it all yeah all worth it for me. Seeing a well, team punished Nate, for time wasting in that dramatic a fashion, yep. brilliant. Nate, despite what you just said regarding City's prospects this weekend, I think, frankly, my dear, you do give a damn. You want a win, and you will be disconsolate with another loss, especially if you uh, do. Not, if uh, Nico is, playing. yeah, that's probably true. I have an attention span of about eight seconds, so it's it's already hard. I mean, like team team morale. I would imagine they'll talk a good game, but I have to imagine that's getting challenging. That only you don't think the family feud really sealed it, brought them together. Uh, I wasn't there. I had to leave. But from what I hear, okay. it did not. I think it would be best if it was just never acknowledged ever again that it happened. You know, what's really like just sad, ironic about that is our nickname for Edward Lowen is Eddie Lyons, and he couldn't come up with the lion <laughs> as an animal. Yeah, no, it was it was rough. It was not good. All right, let's get into predictions for the Kansas City game. We just have to get a win. We need a win, guys. Drew Wolfson, what sort of win can you predict for us? Yeah, we're gonna win. Uh, yeah, we're 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 playing at home. They're coming off a great performance on the road in LA. They are they have three days of rest. They're the bottom team last in the league. I think we're going to beat them two nothing. Chris Hoff. Uh, in the spirit of making our predictions more and more elaborate, uh, I'm going to need you to bear with me here. Uh, All right, I've I've got a pen. I'll take notes. I read somewhere that Kansas City were flying straight to St. Louis after their game in L.A., which ostensibly means that they'll have to train somewhere in town. Uh, and Bradley Carnell pulls a Marcelo Bielsa and goes and spies on their training uh, with binoculars inside a bush somewhere on the periphery, gets all their secrets, realizes that the average age of the SKC squad is a whopping 29 years old and that uh, Graham Zuzi is going to start and he's 36 years old and he's lost more than one step. Uh, he's going to play the kids. He's going to throw on uh, the youth uh, and uh, what that means in lineup terms. I'm not really ready to say, but maybe we'll see some heavy uh, Jensen minutes. Uh, I, I think uh, against that aging back line, he can uh, do some zipping around, and we end up with a 3-1 victory. 3-1. Patrick Stark, what do you got for us? I was going to say that exact same thing, <laughs> except I think Berkey's going to maintain the clean sheet 3-0. I also predict an outstanding Berkey performance. I want to see one nothing St. Louis City. Nathan Halley. So I would like to point out, I should have mentioned this in the Wednesday Minute, but they won 5-1, Drew. I mean, 
That's your score, buddy. It is. It is. It, it's a good score, but I think you already said what your no. Prediction so was it's neither. Be. It's none. It's neither of those things I said. Neither one nothing loss or a ten nothing loss. No, in this case, I'm going to steal Drew's score. I think it's going to be two nothing win to Kansas City. Ooh, Oof, that's going to be rough in the post pod. I, I just don't see a scoring. Sorry, gentlemen. We'll see you at the game. Let's go, City. Go, Woo! City. Aloha, Phil. Aloha.